Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast. Today, we have a bunch of topics to go over, surprisingly, uh, considering we are in the middle of July. However, today we have a special guest, our third guest in as many episodes. First, we had Sean, then we had Colin last episode, and today we have Patricia. A uh, quick introduction, one of the reasons we are excited to have her on the podcast today, aside from her passion about hockey, is because recently she led a very nice in- initiative uh, where she gathered tons of Habs fans to present um, to a recent fifth overall pick, David Reinbacher. Uh, she gathered a lot of uh, messages from them, positive messages, considering the fifth overall selection with Montreal fans was very negative. Um, I myself am proud to have participated in this as well. Uh, however, I will let her go over the juicy details in a bit. Uh, first things first, we also have my co-host Danny here with us. Danny, how are you do- doing today? Arch, it's very good to be back. Um, it's This whole podcast thing is, is becoming uh, the highlight of my week uh, on a weekly basis. Um, what about you? How are you doing? Well, every time I, I hop on this podcast, I've got... Uh, tw- 20 things to figure out in terms of my connection issues. So mm-hmm. uh, it's your highlight. It's my uh, my nightmare okay. sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. Uh, aside from that, it's really what great. What you're telling weather. me is we need to do more episodes. Oh, jeez. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> I, I, I Literally, I was trying to find an Ethernet cable right before we started. And I was like, yeah. uh, this is too late. So hopefully next episode, I'm in the clear. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this is, um, like you said, it's a very exciting episode. Also, the, the nature of the topics we have at hand today um, are just such nature. They're not just newsworthy. It's just actually things that we can debate and we can show highlight a little bit um, our hockey knowledge and uh, the players we like as well in the organization. So I'm very excited. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce Patricia. Patricia, uh, bienvenue uh, on uh, Hockey uh, on Coast to Coast Hockey Podcast. Um, Thank you. You want to just say hello to the uh, to the audience and probably drop in your um, social handles and, and tell us more about yourself. Hi, everyone. So uh, I'm, I'm Patricia. I'm also Suzuki Pizza on Twitter, if you guys follow me. And I'm from Montreal. That's right. And um, thank you so much again for joining us. And uh, actually, I forgot to thank uh, Sean when he joined us as our first guest to thank him to, for doing this in English. So really, really appreciated by you guys. Um, so hey, tell me, you. Patricia, yeah, how did you get started in hockey? Um, when did this whole thing happen for you? And, and uh, you know, tell us some more about your uh, passion for the Habs and, and other teams as well. So it first started in 2000, uh, in 2008, I believe it was, uh, it was actually a bet that I had with my, with one of my friends, uh, because I didn't really like hockey at this time. And the, and I was getting pretty annoyed at her because she couldn't stop talking about hockey all the time. Hmm. And, and the bet was, okay, so just watch it tonight. And if you really don't like it after tonight, I'll never talk about hockey again. So in my mind, I was like, oh, nice. She won't talk about hockey anymore. So I need to (laughs) watch this one. (laughs) I need to watch this one for sure (laughs) because she'll leave me alone forever. And so I I started to watch this game. And this game ended up being the biggest comeback in the Montreal Canadiens history. It was against the New York Rangers. So it's pretty hard to stop watching hockey after this game. (laughs) Wow. Just imagine your first game was like, 
like uh, I, I don't know, I can't think of a, a game, but like maybe like the Al Montoya Masterclass against Columbus. Yeah, Imagine exactly. that was your first game. I'd be like <laughs> instantly turned it off. Uh, and that's like the perfect the game to watch. Yeah, but during the game, I remember uh, seeing Habs fan leaving the Bell Center, and I was just laughing. I was like, oh my God, is this even serious? <laughs> and I'm watching this, but obviously I couldn't stop watching it because it was part of the bet. I have to watch it fully. <laughs> So yeah. so yeah, that uh, was on TV go. or were you there at the Bell Center? Oh uh, no, it was on TV. Okay. Yeah, okay. unfortunately, I wasn't there, but <laughs> I was pretty impressed. <laughs> well, shout out to your friend. We're very happy that she made you uh, do this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've absolutely. certainly gained some traction within the Habs uh, community, and um, I think you know we talk sometimes on on social media, and then you think your hockey knowledge is pretty impressive. So, um, well, thank you. <laughs> and, and you, do you only follow the Habs or do you also like follow other teams around the league? Uh, I also follow the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'm so since 2000, uh, 2008, I've been following uh, both Montreal Canadiens and Chicago Blackhawks. And it's great because of the time zone. At, as soon as the first period ends for the Montreal Canadiens, mm. well, the first period starts for the Blackhawks. And I've been going on like this for years. <laughs> mm. So yeah. pretty impressive, March. Uh, she's not a victim of the blackouts. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, don't get me you started. Know? Literally, I watch a, I watch a Habs game maybe, and then because it'll start at four o'clock here, and then it will end at seven, and I'll watch a Calgary game. So lucky me. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Great time zones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, this whole initiative, I mean, I myself, I never really had a problem. I know it's easy now to say, but I, I never really had a problem with the whole Ryan Becker pick. Uh, in my mind, if you're going to pick the best player of that position in the draft, that's, you know, kudos to you and maybe the, the, the research and whatnot. So uh, for me, I never really had that whole drama thing, but I did witness me it neither. firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, I did witness um, the, the whole drama unfold online and... Um, and I know you, you you have some some sort of uh, friendship as well with March. So, uh, you want to tell me a little bit more on on how this idea came about and how did you get organized uh, doing it so and, and all of that? Yeah, well, so at first I remember watching the draft, uh, and honestly, I I'll be perfectly honest. I only knew the first uh, the first three picks and uh, Connor Bedard. Uh, I knew. Uh, I don't remember by heart, but I, I remember Fentili and, and Carson. Carlson. Carson, yeah. yeah. I knew these three and Mitchkov. And the rest of them, honestly, I didn't even know about them. So yeah. my mind mm, yeah. was, since the beginning, my mind was like, the Montreal Canadiens will pick the best the best one uh, for the team. And personally, my, my thinking is, I think... Uh, Gorton and Hughes know better than anyone who, uh, who's uh, who's the best fit for the team and mm-hmm. who they need. So that's why when they picked uh, Rainbacker, I was like, "Yay, welcome to Montreal, David Rainbacker!" But when I did open Twitter, I saw all the people being super angry. And honestly, I just closed Twitter and just kept watching the the draft because since I also followed the Chicago Blackhawks, well, I was super happy also for Connor Bedard. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I was on the party train for this part. <laughs> and, and so I decided to focus more on the Blackhawks because the, 
of course, on social media, it was pretty toxic. So I decided to put this aside for, for a while. And I told myself, okay, I know the Montreal Canadian fans can be super, super intense. So maybe it will pass and it will get better soon. Maybe they will calm down and just come to think, oh, okay, okay, maybe it's not a bad pick. But later on, I just came back on Twitter and I saw people were getting pretty, pretty frustrated. And it and not, none of them was uh, calm down. So yeah. I just waited the day after. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when I did open uh, the, the social media, it, it wasn't even only the fans. I saw medias talking about it and... Honestly, it just it just frustrated me because I was like, "Whoa, calm down! The kid is 18 years old. Like, it's still to me, he's still a kid." And what a so, crazy concept! Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, the the um, I think the triggering point for me was when I saw that Hitler picture and mm-hmm. people saying, "Oh, so I've been watching yep. the Habs. Uh, I've been watching the Habs play like crap just to see them uh, draft." Hitler Jr. Yeah. Honestly, when mm-hmm. I saw this, I remember I closed Twitter and I was on the on the edge to leave the Habs fandom because I was done. I was like, no matter what, they're never happy. And I just had uh, I just had to think about last year's draft when they picked uh, Slakowski instead of uh, Shane Wright. Yep. I remember I was at the, I was outside of the Bell Center and I and I still remember when they said it was Slakowski. Uh, people will leave the Bell Center and all the fans were angry. People And personally, Slakowski was the one that I wanted. So I was happy with my friend. And I remember some fans uh, getting out the Bell Center and they were pushing us because we were happy. So so that's really? what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking, oh my God, so no matter who they pick, they're never going to be happy anyway. So I was talking to my friend, uh, Bianca. And I said, Shout out to Bianca. Yeah, shoot, massive shootout because she's a legend. <laughs> None of this project <laughs> would have happened without her. Can I ask so, if she's the same friend who got you into hockey? Uh, no, it's not the same one. We met oh, okay. uh, We met through hockey, but she's not the same one. Okay. But um, after that, I remember that me and Bianca were talking. We were like, oh, my God, can we maybe do something? And we just decided to give it a try to tweet that. I, I think you saw that tweet, guys. And I was just tweeting, hey, guys, do you want to have a positive impact to, to David Rindbacker? Do you want to write him a message? And I'll just organize something. And me and Bianca were were talking about going to the dev camp in Brassard. But at this time, we didn't knew it would be so earlier. We thought it would be yeah. later this summer. <laughs> So we started this project and we were getting comments and we were just uh, doing a little uh, compilation of all the all the great comments. But obviously we were not expecting to have that many, which is great. It was amazing. But then the the Montreal Canadians uh, social uh, social network just posted. Oh, so it's this weekend. And I remember it was on uh, I think it was on Friday. And the day after was Canada Day, so everything would be closed. We both don't have a printer, and we had to print every every comments by a book, glue it together. So Bianca, that's why I'm I'm telling you guys she's the legend in this, and none of this would have happened without her. She went to her workplace even if uh, she was a day off, and she just yep. printed out all the comments. 
Mm. Well, shout out to uh, shout out to the company as well. My God. Yeah. <laughs> so she went Jeez. and she just printed it all. Uh, she she had a notebook, so we took this notebook and on our way to Brassard at the Complex Sportif, uh, yeah. we were in the bus and we were just uh, gluing all the comments into the notebook uh, to make it happen. So this is how and the whole yeah. thing happened. <laughs> so you so you showed up basically without being in touch with Chantal before. So you just went um, to the development camp hoping for the best, or how did that happen? Well, I, I sent a tweet to Chantal to just tell her, yeah. uh, hey, Chantal, we have an idea to to make this whole ringbiker drama maybe into a positive thing. And yeah. we would like to discuss about it. And she did reply to me and she said she would uh, contact me. So when I messaged her, she asked me, oh, so do you want me to call you? But I told her, well, we're planning to go on Brassard uh, on Sunday. And she said, okay, yeah. perfect. So just let me let me know, guys, when you're here and we'll coordinate everything. So I met Chantal in Brassard. Yeah. And, and then uh, we explained her the project and why we did that. And she thought it was an amazing idea. And then she suggested, yeah. And then she suggested that we give it to David uh, in hand because mm because she thought it would be pretty special and she wanted him to meet some some fans after everything that happened mm -hmm. and i was honestly i was the one talking in the video because my friend bianca isn't really comfortable with talking in english but she did contribute as well as me as i said this project would have never happened without the, without her so it was it really was a work uh, teamwork i was just gonna say um did you was the video the extent of the conversation or did you guys talk a little more afterwards? Uh, no, honestly, the only thing that we spoke about afterward was uh, we we obviously took the picture and then he just asked us uh, about the book. He said, can I keep it? And we said, well, yes, of course, it's a gift. It's for you. We did it for you. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he was pretty yeah. happy. And and uh, I don't remember who, but someone uh, from the Montreal Canadian uh, messaged me on Twitter to tell me, uh, hey, I just wanted you to let you know that David left uh, with, with the book. And he seemed pretty happy about it. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, gonna... we're pretty proud of this. <laughs> Okay, I was just going to ask because so in, in typical Habs fan base fashion, uh, there's always negativity that come out about this. I mean, there was a tweet kind of circulating around. I mean, um, considering I, I, I don't know if it was a, earlier mentioned it was either the Reinbacher pick, but it, it, it felt like you were on a, a different side of Twitter aside from what I had been on because – um, I believe you said it was you, you came back onto Twitter a day later or something like that. And you said it was yeah. very negative just because yeah. when I uh, leading up to that pick, I mean, I knew Reinbacher because it was a, a, all over Twitter. It was like, do not pick Reinbacher. Do not pick Reinbacher. Oh, yeah. Really? And it was it was it was extremely negative, uh, like a month prior. So oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, immediately after um, the video that uh, where you had given him the book uh, had released, they there was a tweet circulating saying that, oh, you know, like the book was thrown out or something like that. Yeah, um, I remember this tweet because I remember I had a moment of self-doubt and I remember I just, I was thinking and I was talking to Bianca uh, about this tweet 
And some people were replying to this and they were like, oh, well, that sucks that he threw it to the garbage and stuff. So mm. honestly, I was doubting about it. But then I remember, uh, I think it was the day after this tweet, uh, Rainbiker said uh, in an interview, and I, I can't find it back on later. Twitch. But on Twitch, I think. Yeah, but that was straight after uh, I gave him the book. But I remember... Okay. Uh, I remember after, I think it was the day after, and he said he was in his hotel room and he went through all the comments and it made him very happy. And when the media uh, started to talk about uh, the negative comments, he just said, well, you know what? I prefer focusing on the positive ones. And, and so I think it was, I think it really made him very happy. I think so too. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know for you, March and Patricia, but Basically, for me, this whole story caught my attention, not because of all of this. Um, and, and again, kudos to you for, for this massive effort. But what I would say is also what, what really caught my eye was uh, two things. Um, it, it would be like the second pick in, in three years that they have to do damage control. Uh, first one, bringing out a statement for Mayu. And then uh, the second one, this time around, there were rumors that they had dinner with him, um, the management crew. They had met dinner with Renbecker after picking him to give him examples of, of successful uh, fifth round pick, fifth overall picks and, and um, uh, you know, failed uh, fan projections and whatnot. So for me, this, you know, this kind of, this is kind of where I started being aware of this whole situation is, is I couldn't believe what I was seeing and uh, it really uncalled for. Uh, yeah, I'm not here to defend Renbacker. I'm not here to defend the pick or to defend the bad fans or the good fans or anything like that. It's just, I, I think it's the whole you know, we haven't given time yet for the Kent Hughes era to yeah. unfold itself. It's been only two years. They've done massive things in a good way. Um, just give them a chance. Like if they haven't yeah. even taken a look at the forward line yet. So, yeah, that's my thinking too. I think that they, I mean, it's their work. They work in hockey and I think we just, we, I think we should just trust the process for now. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually quite interesting looking at the, the, the negativity that came out to this versus what happened with Slavkovsky. I mean, yep. this was, a, in my opinion, a lot worse. But then if you see Twitter, I feel like I, I think a lot of kudos goes out to you. I mean, this that what you did really kind of simmered everyone down because everywhere I see people are very excited about Lane Hudson and Ryan Bacher and our defense. And I'm mm -hmm. on YouTube and people are saying, wow, the, the Habs have the probably the best Habs, uh, uh, or sorry, best defense prospect pool. And, um, you know, maybe a month ago would have been people saying differently. Yeah, exactly. So um, when are you publishing the book for uh, Connor Bedard? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is, this is if I'm able to ever see him because I, I feel like it's going to be pretty, pretty hard. It's going to be harder. Okay. I mean, I can... I'm trying to hey, I'm, let Chantal I mean, hook you up. <laughs> I mean, I can try, but I can't promise anything. <laughs> Chantal, if you're listening, uh, some first-class tickets for me, March, and Patricia, you know? And Bianca, of course. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever been, Patricia, to another initial arena as well? Uh, no, not yet. But, of oh, yeah. course, I'm planning uh, one day, of course, uh, I'm planning to go to Chicago because I need to yep. experience this once in my life. But I, since it's going to be pretty expensive, I thought I would go 
for sure I will go when they retire Patrick Kane jersey since he's my favorite mm-hmm. uh, hockey player and I already plan to go when the to the ceremony so yeah I think that's gonna it's be not my gonna first. be cheap <laughs> yeah no, I think I know. you better <laughs> save up right now for that I mean oh I it's a great idea <laughs> I started um March I'm not sure if you know but I actually I was a fan of the I was a bandwagon fan is that what they called uh I was a bandwagon fan for the, uh, the Blackhawks uh, when they started winning and all that, mainly because of Taves. Um, I, I like that whole era of the, of the Blackhawks. And I actually had the pleasure of being in Chicago in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, just never, I went to the, during the summer, I believe, or that, that the winter, I don't remember anymore. But I, I did go to Chicago. Um, there were no games at the time. So I only checked out the United Center from the outside. Um, and it's pretty impressive. It's a little bit like the Bell Center. It kind of looks like a Costco from the outside, mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> but you can't miss it with the with the Michael Jordan statues and stuff. So mm. uh, you, you definitely need to go. Uh, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure I will go. I was going to ask just back on topic with the Reinbacher situation. I mean, maybe this is a question that you haven't been asked before, but uh, who knows? Maybe you have. I was going to say, uh, how many interviews have you done? Uh, I did. I did at least five. Oh, okay. And are these uh, podcasts or radio shows? or? Uh, I did one for Stu Cohen for La Gazette. Oh, okay. Uh, so, it was a, so it was a phone call and then written uh, into an article. And mm. then I did TSN. Uh, on TSN, it was radio uh, but live. Then okay. I did, uh, yeah, I did, uh, it was mostly radio interview. I did uh, one for Philippe Quentin, which is a popular journalist. La Presse? Uh, yes, but it wasn't for La Presse. It was on his radio uh, radio show. Okay. Yeah. and He's a I, great journalist, by the way. Yeah, he's very great. I was, I was very happy. Uh, I did one for uh, 91.9 uh, Radio. It's a radio sport in, uh, in Quebec. Uh, it was Greg Langlois. Uh, Greg Lancelot, sorry, <laughs> Greg Lancelot. Um, I did CBC, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty I mean, much it. I mean, this is uh, pretty exactly. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, this is a, a cakewalk for you. I mean, I still start these <laughs> uh, bloody podcasts nervous. I mean, you're probably just uh, sitting there with a uh, sixty heart rate or something. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> well. We we take pride in our podcast being something by the fans for the fans. Um, Absolutely, uh, and that's why I agreed. <laughs> I agreed to come, of course, because we talk on Twitter as well. Cool. But that was uh, I love that kind of podcast. So. No, I'm very happy about that, and we actually take pride in our audio issues, and and we're very proud to say that we're not sponsored, and and we don't have audio engineers and a, and a band outside recording and none of that stuff. I'm the audio mm-hmm. engineer. March is the, the official audio uh, engineer. I am. I, I, I waste my university classes just uh, editing audio. So, <laughs> I, yeah. That's good. All right. Um, you guys want to talk about, um, well, I, I mean, we can always circle back to this, but uh, I really want to get your opinion on, on a few things, guys, uh, both of you. Um, I'll set the scene for the first one. I, I love absolutely, like we're starting off with a huge banger here. Um, the first one is... Uh, it's a tweet that I retweeted from you, March, on the Coast to Coast uh, account. If we, if you want to plug that in, um, mm-hmm. so you guys can follow us on the on on Twitter. It's a C two C T H P. 
uh, Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast on Twitter. Um, it's, a, it's a retweet that you did a few days ago, and that was basically Team Europe versus Team North America. And I have to tell you, like, when you look at those, it is insane. I, I've shared it with you, Patricia. I'm not sure if you had a chance mm-hmm. to take a look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know what are your thoughts. I'm looking at it right now. It is completely unbelievable. I don't know, March, if we should be reading the lines here for people listening in, mm-hmm. um, or we should just refer them to the tweet. But um, it's uh, unbelievable, North America versus we, Yeah, so I was kind of um, – I was almost prone to to go with Europe. <laughs> it's as much as uh, Danny might disagree sometimes, um, but that that was that was me looking at Europe first. Uh, then I looked over at North America and I was like, "Wow, this is." Uh, I mean, you have like uh, uh, let, we can refer the tweet, but let's just say Sidney Crosby, Jack Hughes, and Jack Eichel are on the fourth line. So uh, <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm you gonna know, go through it if you guys don't mind. I'm gonna say it. I don't. Care. Yeah. Go ahead. North America. North America, Brady Kachuk, uh, uh, McDavid, and the, so the, basically McDavid with the Kachuk brothers, Brad Marchand with McKinnon and Matthews, Jason Robertson with Tage Thompson and Mitch Marner, Jack Eichel, Crosby and Hughes. Um, on defense, you have Devin Taves and Makar, Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox, Josh Morrissey. I don't know why he's here, but Josh Morrissey and uh, Charlie McAvoy. And your goalie is Hallibuck. Uh, um when it comes to Europe, you have Rantanen, Drysaddle, and Pasternak, Ovechkin, Barkov, and Kucherov, Kaprizov, um, Pedersen, and Hintz, um, Panarin, Zibanejad, and William Nylander. For defense, you have uh, Romaniosi and Eric Carlson, Rasmus, da- Rasmus Dalin and Hedman, and Miro Hiskanen with Moritz Seider, and your goalie is Ilya Sorokin. So, you know what? Um, yeah. I was just going to say... I'm almost prone. Okay, I don't want to say that. <sighs> I feel like the the European defense is a lot more seasoned. It's a lot more veteranized. Um, I I I do think Morrissey should be here because Morrissey is a very good defenseman, and I'm defending this because I have a Jets f- friend who would, <laughs> is probably uh, punching his uh, his <laughs> punching air right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Josh, you're probably punching air, but. Um, yeah, Morrissey does deserve to be here, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to say this: if you switch, if you said Team Europe versus Team Canada, I think Europe takes it because, um, I think yeah. Canada's kind of lost. So, yeah. Well, well, it's lost has come with some of its high talent. I mean, you don't have Dowdy anymore. You don't have Carey Price anymore. You don't mm-hmm. have a lot of these guys. But I don't know. I mean, Crosby's on the fourth line. That says something. But well, I think I don't know. Um, Go ahead, uh, Patricia. Guest of Pers- honor. Personally, I think uh, I think Team Europe have a solid defense. They have a more they have a more uh, experienced defense than mm-hmm. uh, if we look at the North American. But the North America uh, team got, I think they have a more left uh, talented maybe forwards. Yeah, because uh, Cine Crosby isn't getting younger; he's getting a bit older. He's still, mm-hmm. he's still, he's still pretty good. But I mean, if you look at Team Europe, you have uh, already uh, Rantanen. We have yep. Pasterniak, Ovechkin. Well, Ovechkin isn't getting uh, getting yeah. younger, younger either. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you have Kucherov, which is very solid as well. 
Kaprizov, uh, Panarin, Zibanejad, and I've been following the New York Rangers for uh, since Patrick and got traded here, so I had to follow mm. the Rangers. And I must say that I've been pretty impressed by Zibanejad lately. So and their defense is, in my opinion, the defense is better in Europe than um, North America. So I think, I think Europe have an advantage. It infamous trade there. I mean, uh, that, geez, I I mean I don't know if on this podcast we're going to be doing deep dives into. I mean, we probably will be. I don't know if we're going to be looking at trade history, but if uh, let's just say um, a big yikes on uh, Zibanejad for Derek Broussard. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know who traded for him in New York. Uh, was was Gordon? Gordon? Okay. Well, who was the? Well, he, yeah, he was the GM. So he was. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I think Team Canada needs to do a lot of work ahead. Um, yeah. I refuse to have uh, McDavid, Crosby, and McKinnon on different lines. These three, they have to be on the same line. I know. I, I do that. agree. Well, they always I end agree. up putting Barchand with the Crosby for some bloody reason. Yeah, they put him like <laughs> with, with Bergeron. And, and, and yeah, I don't, I don't even know why. Like, There's a Tage Thompson, but there's no Bergeron. I mean, I don't care if he's 37 or he's going to be a 47. Bergeron has his place there. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I the thing is, like, there's certain these players. I mean, I mean, like, imagine, like, okay, McKinnon's on the second. Kachuk and Brady Kachuk with McDavid. That's an interesting one. Um, I love that. Yeah. Okay. I like Matthew Kachuk there. I, you you know everyone knows my opinion on Brady Kachuk. Um, Which is the wrong one, by the way. It's yeah. the right right one. <laughs> um, like a McKinnon, McDavid, and Kachuk, I mean, or Matthew Kachuk, not the other loser. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, that was honest. Uh, that was honest. <laughs> I'm well, very honest on this podcast. I'm pretty honest, but I'm just saying that like this is so stacked. I mean, they did have a team North America at one point. We did see McDavid and 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 Matthews play together. But it just sucks that we haven't been to the Olympics since. Um, I think that was the last thing uh, Carey Price won, aside from the Bill Masterson Trophy, um, mm. was the World Cup of Hockey, with that uh, horrific, horrific-looking uh, trophy. Um, yeah, looks like a vase. Anyways, what is it? The uh, fruit basket? <laughs> yeah, go just search yeah. it up. I, I I tell everyone just go look at that thing. It's horrific. The jerseys are fantastic. I've the hats from that uh, tournament. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think uh, Team North America takes this. Okay. Um, any other thoughts about this? I mean, I think it would be a crime to not have some sort of international competition before Crosby's done. Uh, we need to have this again. I mean, I yeah. don't care what... I mean, I agree, with, and I agree and I disagree about the whole Russia situation. doesn't mean that we, sh- we should see Ovechkin one last time. Well, it's a shame. One last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah this situation is a shame because we, I think, uh, because of that, we can't see such kind of thing, and I think that would be pretty much good hockey to see. Oh yeah, I know. I, that he, that's the thing he's missing. I wanted yeah. to, um, wanted to actually, if you don't mind, Danny, I wanted to actually segue into another thing here, um, because these defensemen are actually in this uh, in these lineups, and. 
I think I've voiced my my disdain for the Norris Trophy enough. Uh, yeah. Because and and I just learned that uh, Eric Carlson, um, I think, is the had the lowest plus minus to win the Norris. The so, worst one, yeah, yeah, the yeah. worst plus minus. Um, so I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a defense award. I think it's just uh, someone said it pretty 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 well. They said it's you know who's the the best fourth forward essentially. Um, However, when it comes to being a power play quarterback, I mean, we heard um, with Reinbacher, uh, Kent Hughes mentioning how he's a D2. I learned what D2 meant. Apparently, D2 means that you're not a power play quarterback. So you're on the second power play. But the way I see it is that means that we prioritize offense, which I guess in the sense we should. But, I mean, what wins championships? I mean, you heard all of this when Vegas won the Cup. What wins championships? Defense. So, mm-hmm. but it's not def- like Eric Carlson's and McCars and all these guys that like score 100 points. It's like the Petrangelo's and the Martinez and these guys that can just shut it down. Shea Theodore, great two-way guys. So to consider, to consider Reinbacher a D2 and to say, wow, at fifth overall, we got a D2. Well, that's not because he's bad. It's because we have Lane Hudson. We have other options for that. So, but it's always important to have someone like that. So I just wanted to get into this. So who would you rather have out of these four defensemen? Eric Carlson, and I already have my answer here. Eric Carlson, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, or Roman Yossi? And I'll ask uh, as a a quarterback for the power play. Out of those four. Personally, I think my choice would go with Roman Yossi. Wow. I'm I'm actually very prone to agree. Yeah. Well, I, I have mean... to completely disagree. Do we do we end the episode now or? <laughs> no. Okay. My God. Okay. 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 I, I have you guys not heard of number eight? I mean, Ovechkin. Uh, yes. Oh no. I'm gonna we... start a book for Makar here. I mean. <laughs> okay. 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 Honestly, okay, Makar would be my second. Makar would be my second, but honestly, I would trust more Roman Yusi. Wow. Yeah. I I I'd like wow. to say. When I said I agreed, I agreed in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Makar. I think he's like, I think he's the best defenseman out there. Oh, yeah. And I think on a power play, he's unbelievably lethal. And because I, I agree to the sense of uh, overall, because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know until like the other week that Makar was 5'11. Actually, no, yeah. I don't even know what he is. I think he's like 5'10 or 5'11. Mm-hmm. I thought he was like 6'4 for some reason. But <laughs> I, I think it's my bias towards the how I've learned more and more about Yossi. I, I didn't know this guy was this good. Yeah. I mean, but for a power play quarterback, I mean, the way McCarr skates, the way he shoots, I think I go with McCarr, but I do like Yossi as an overall defenseman. Yeah, I think, personally, I think Roman Yossi is a pretty complete defenseman, in my opinion. Uh, I've been watching him uh, because at some point I was interested in uh, in Nashville. So I must uh, I must admit that I've been seeing him uh, being a rookie and I've seen him a bit evolving yeah. uh, with Nashville. And honestly, I think his progression has been pretty impressive. So maybe that's why I'm picking uh, Roman Yossi. But I think he he kind of evolved into uh, into a pretty complete defenseman. 
for me when uh, when uh, PK was traded to Nashville, that's kind of when I started paying attention to them. Yeah. And I agree <laughs> with you that that whole uh, Shea Weber leaving opened the door for UFC to become, you know, slowly being integrated to that whole core with um, uh, Ekholm and, and Ryan Ellis and yeah. um, and all of these guys. So. Mm-hmm. I agree. Look, I'm not going to say he's a bad defenseman. I'm just saying that, A, he's wasting his career in Nashville at this point. I'm not sure what Barry Trotz has in mind for that organization. Contending. I don't know. Contending for what? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe they're contending for the lottery ticket. But um, but it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. Like, I mean, I, I, we get it. But I, it's, I, I don't get I don't understand what's happening with Nashville. I think that's a topic. We need to get someone from Nashville on this podcast. But oh, yeah, like, that fine. whole... I know people from know Nashville, someone? so yeah, I know people from Nashville because I've been following hey. them uh, a lot. So I can refer you to <laughs> to some people in Nashville. No, please. please do, yes, please, please do. I've always been I... very interested in that whole Bridgestone Arena. Me and, too, me too. Well, kind of same, and that's why I would, I've been following them for quite a while because I was wondering what would go, what would go with this team. I mean, they can yeah. they can reach the first round, no problem, yeah. but in the second round they get crushed every time. Yeah. It's kind of sad to see because it's not a bad organization or, or, or anything. And Barry Trotz is pretty easy. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Barry Trotz. And honestly, I think he deserves better than that. Yeah, well, well, well I mean, time will tell. Uh, obviously, yeah. I'd like to for that person to be from Nashville to get their perspective as well on how hockey started for them as well. Um, all I can say is, from again, for those that know me or don't, I'm not really one team guy. I'm more of a of a player's first kind of guy, but um, Nashville definitely has, even though not a lot of players that I like on there, um, definitely has some attraction. Uh, that mm-hmm. whole atmosphere in that city, and um, I absolutely love the crowd chance that they have for the other goalie. Um, it is the best. It is the best. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When mm. they when they chant, when they uh, screw with the goalie and they say, it's all your fault, uh, <laughs> you suck, and all that. Like, I, I, I love it, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's more passionate than the senators, anyways. Yeah. One name that you mentioned, Patricia, and before we jump into other topics here, what name did you mention, Patricia, was uh, Patrick Kane. Do you know if, well, not do you know, but like, do we even know for both of you, I guess the question is, uh, where do you guys see him landing next season? Is he even signed right now? I don't know. No, he's still a free agent, but I know that he, since he got a hip surgery, I know that he's uh, he's waiting to fully recover and he's, currently focusing more on his recovery than free agent and he said and i think it was pat brisson his agent who said that uh, he would take a decision when he has fully recovered but honestly i think he would i think he will go back somehow uh, with the rangers but i find it weird that the rangers haven't signed tarasenko yet and i have no idea Mm -hmm. how they will make uh, how they will make uh, cap space? Cap room. Yeah, cap room on their salary cap, but we'll see. <laughs> but I know that he probably won't sign anywhere uh, until September or maybe beginning of the season in October. But I know that his recovery is going pretty well. March, any thoughts? I mean, I'm looking at his uh, page here. He's 34 years old. Um, he was born in Buffalo. Um, you know, not sure if there's some interest of. So if he goes to Buffalo, are you uh, the president of the Buffalo fan club? Uh? 100%. Count me in. 100%. Okay. <laughs> we'll get her the Darlene jersey and the Patrick Kane. And, Watch uh, me. Hook, hook her up with uh, Colin as well. Uh, he's, he's, he's around Buffalo. For those that don't know, he was featured on the last episode of the podcast. 
March, any any thoughts on Patrick Kane before we move on? Uh, just be, just saying that um, he yeah he, he said that um, or or his agent said or his agent said for him that okay. uh, he'll probably sign closer to the start of the season. Um, okay. uh, his agent, uh, who's a very good agent, Verson, uh, mm-hmm. basically said, uh, you know, you could offer us a seven million dollar deal for one year or two years, and I don't even know if we would entertain it because. It could be something he wants. It could be something he doesn't want because he's kind of in control because he's that good of a player. Yeah. Um, and and also, like I would, I would totally suspect that his deal. And and hey, listen, this is almost like my my draft. Uh, what was my draft selections before the draft, which were hot I, I got, Yeah, my hot take, which only I only got two right, but whatever. Um, if I'm gonna say Patrick Kane signs, I expect. It's gonna be a low, low AAV with a bunch of performance signing bonuses, um, and then he's gonna to want to probably sign because he's 34. There's a contract that comes in a 35 plus contract that kicks in. I don't think you can sign 35 year olds to long term deals, so I don't know if he's gonna to want to sign a long term deal now. But a long term deal might be like three years, not like five or six. So I would totally expect it to be I don't low th- AAV. I doubt it. I would totally well, yeah. I would totally expect it to be low AV performance signing, or yeah, performance bonus heavy, um, and I don't know where. To tell you the truth, it could be, it could be bloody anywhere. Um, oh yeah. It, it seems like it seems like the whole old crew is kind of gone. Like who's left from like like Seabrook's done, Keith's done, absolutely no Taves, one. <laughs> Taves, who knows? Shaw done. Uh, Bishop or any one of those guys done, uh, yeah. So he's like the last, the last man standing. So it's up to him. I, 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 I thought he did okay. I mean, he didn't do like amazing in New York, but so, I, so let me. So the question is, and we have to wrap this up on this topic. But I'd like, uh, from what you saw, guys, in the playoffs against the, the Devils, like, do you guys think that the Rangers are are making a push here, or or they're taking a step back in next season? I think they will have to take a step back because I think the expectation were pretty high this year with uh, yeah. with all the big names that he that they had and I think now with end of contract of uh, because we know that uh, Tarasenko is also a free agent right now right yeah. and yeah. and as I said I don't know how they'll be able to sign back uh, these two already and so yeah, I think they're taking a step back, unfortunately. But with and also with a new uh, with a new coach, because now it's uh, the it's Laviolette being the new head coach with the Rangers. Your favorite, March? Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. he's also my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. The last thing I want to say is I love absolutely the the fact that he's gonna wait until the end of the season. Probably the GMs don't don't agree with me. But I, I actually like it because he's gonna show up there at training camp. Yeah, um, the teams are already made. He can pick his AAV according to whatever is available. He wants to go to I don't know uh, New York, and he sees um, you know four million left. He'll take two or three just to make things easy. And I mean, he's made one hundred fifteen million in his year in his lifetime. I don't think he's like you said, March. Uh, I don't think uh, he's uh, he's out for the money here. I think he I think wants he... a chance to. Succeed. To win a last Stanley Cup, maybe I think uh, yeah, I think yeah. the other possibility would be to go with uh, with a team that could win the Stanley Cup, so he can win a last one. Yeah, I think I think Patrick's a guy to to really like a, like really 
focus on legacy more than the paycheck. I mean, if this guy yep. gets another cop, I mean, that's something else. Yep. He had three, right? With Chicago? Was it two or yep. three? It was three, three right? Imagine yep. he gets four. I mean, this guy, oh, my. Uh, so yeah. almost, he's almost as good as uh, Pat Maroon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you son of a. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, my my blood my blood spiked, my blood pressure spiked. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, March's least favorite player is Pat Maroon. So, uh, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, he 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 doesn't accept the fact that Carey Price has no cups and and Pat Maroon has four. So. Oh yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with this one though. <laughs> but anyways, hey, let's not get crazy here. Four, come on. Yeah, he probably uh, guys, he, he probably sold all his rings that cheap. Anyways. Okay, let's uh, let's play a little game here. Um, I'm gonna give you. Well, let's go through the maybe not the entire league, but let's do some hot takes, uh, one each for each team. Let's do it quickly here. Get through it. Um, I'll start things off. Calgary, Calgary will be a lottery team next year. Oh, we're doing hot takes. Uh, yes, okay. let's do it. Okay, uh, you could have gave us some time to prepare. Uh, no, Patricia, you go. Honestly, I don't really have a hot take, but <laughs> uh, thanks. I think. Oh, oh, you don't have to. You guys could skip no, no. it. I mean, no, if you no, don't I... have anything for that team, yeah. Oh, don't ask me I've to give thinking. a hot take on San Jose. I'm not gonna have any. So. Oh, we're doing oh, well, it for that team. No, we're doing it for Calgary at this time. Oh, oh, okay. I think. I think right I think now, they... in my opinion, I think right now uh, Calgary is a very, very hot mess. I so totally, I think, totally agree with you. I think they have to do something, absolutely. So if they can, so yeah, honestly, you say it's a hot thing, but it could be, it could actually happen because they absolutely need to do something in Calgary right now. It's a, it's an absolute mess and no one wants and, and, to go there anymore. <laughs> and March, correct me, or actually both of you, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have like the Habs, they have the first bound pick for Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, yes, it's a lottery one, but okay, it could great. be it could be because um, Cal- Cal- yeah, no, because Calgary has uh, Florida's pick as well, so they could okay. just give us that one. Okay, well, let's hope both of them. Uh, All right, <laughs> yeah. Edmonton, Edmonton, uh, <laughs> Edmonton. I think. Well, okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but who did they sign? Have they signed anybody? Uh, Is their goalie still knowing. Stuart Skinner? Yes. Pacific Division, yes. Canucks are, uh, okay, Kings are good. Okay, they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, hot take. Well, they got to sign Evan Bouchard still. So my hot take is they're going to be exactly where they left off. Uh, they're going to get eliminated in round two or whatever. I think they're going to make the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that's what I thought this year, but anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, hey. my, my take for this year was uh, for the Stanley Cup final, I called the Oilers against the Boston Bruins. And yeah, so now I, I was, I'm kind of scared to say the Oilers at final. I was I was just going to say, uh, so Danny just said um, Oilers Stanley Cup final. That definitely means that they're winning first overall because we, I know. we, we both him and I said that the Boston Bruins were going to be rebuilding this year. And they made this... The, Stanley, well, no, what the hell? No, they won the, the they won the ever. like the yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, my yeah, exactly. So uh, 
probably Calgary is winning the Stanley Cup. It's <laughs> winning the, the first overall. Okay. Uh, in case you guys didn't notice, I'm doing the Canadian teams first, and then we're okay. going to do West, Central, and East. Next one is Montreal. Take your time. Let's get this one right. Uh, hot take for Montreal. Oh. I'll start things off. Yes. New hook, 30 goals. That is so hot. It's magma. Um, yeah, that's pretty confident. <laughs> the guy, the, the guy hasn't even uh, <laughs> got his gear yet, and uh, I'm this, already giving him thirty goals. This, this we is uh, Montreal fans. Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we did. We saw him in like a practice jersey or something. But yeah, that's that constitutes thirty goals. Ah, okay. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for Colin. Okay. Yes. Gallagher is gonna score twenty goals. Oh my god. Oh, that's <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, that, that, yeah, the, thing is coming back. the only thing is scoring is uh, 20 injuries. Okay. <laughs> I think Kolkov, it's not really a hot take, but I think Kolkov will reach 50 goals. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's insane. Yeah, I know. But I 50, think he's 50. Cap- yeah, I think he's capable of. Okay, very well. Who needs the next one? Yeah, well, he Sorry. was on a, he was on a pretty good way to do it until he's injured. He is. Uh, I think injured. he was on pace for like forty five or forty seven. I think he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. and everyone's saying that he didn't play well with Suzuki, and he was playing with Suzuki that entire time. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and magically, magically, um, uh, Rafael Alvipi now plays with Suzuki and he gets twenty goals. Anyways. Exactly. All right. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, one thing we didn't mention is actually Patrice is a huge fan of Nick Suzuki as well. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Ken got all the fame and Ryan Becker and all that, but you actually like Suzuki a lot as well. And you've met him before, no? Yeah, Nick Suzuki is actually my favorite. So. There we go. See? Okay. <laughs> um, go. Next one. Uh, the team everyone loves to uh, loves to hate, uh, Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, bottom of the league. i i don't know what's going on with ottawa i mean i mean maybe it's their marketing maybe maybe they need a better marketing (laughs) team or something but i find nothing interesting in ottawa unfortunately they need jesus yeah and their arena is uh, apparently their arena is super far away and hard to reach Mm -hmm. and i think that they they never get the hype We'll see. I mean, they have a new owner. Uh, things might get interesting really, really quickly. Um, we never know what kind of influence this. Uh, I, I can't pronounce his last name, but anyways, this guy who, uh, <laughs> this who was guy. part owner of the, this guy who was part owner of the Canadians apparently bought the the Senators. So let's see what kind of influence he has on the team. Oh, um, let's see. Yeah, let's see also what kind of future DJ Smith has as well. Last year, by the way, just to make an ass of myself, uh, last year I, I predicted uh, DJ Smith winning the Jack Adams and. Towards the end of this year, there were rumors of him being fired. So that uh, tells you how much uh, I'm successful. So, um, so the senator's got yeah. a new owner, right? So is that uh, Snoop Dogg or uh, Oprah? Winfrey? Oh, yeah, I heard about this one. How did this thing end it up? Uh, Scooby Doo. It's a Scooby Doo. It's, it's, uh, it's At Shrek, this point, I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably Shrek, a.k.a. Brady Kachuk. Alone. Uh, you mean the franchise uh, future? Yeah. I mean, at this um, point, I, everything is so going bad in Ottawa that I wouldn't even be surprised. You would announce me that uh, Snoop Dogg would be the owner, and I'll be just like, "Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure." Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, I mean, it's the whole. Yeah, I mean, 
before trading the 13 was it the 13 overall for the brinket like before getting him like you didn't even ask the guy like hey do you actually like ottawa do you have you ever been here before like want to stay here and <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about the package that they got back we talked about this in the last episode march but uh yeah i don't want to talk about the whole the brinket trade again but uh yeah uh next one i'm gonna start it off and i'm very passionate about this one hot take for toronto toronto not making the playoffs and it's a hot take but it's also you know if you guys think that there's a bigger mess in the league there's no bigger (laughs) mess than toronto this gm that they have they're in for a big one the fans there they have no idea who they signed up i mean have you seen his reaction during the playoff when they lose i think that i mean i get the frustration that he could feel but that was that was that wasn't very professional of him in my opinion. Oh, that was and uh, I think it dubious. says a, and I think yeah, and I think it says a lot about the organization. So they need to do something. <laughs> well, just just to let you know, um, Patricia, that uh, recently they hired uh, uh, the ex ex Calgary Flames GM Brad Tree Living because mm-hmm. Dubis is now in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So oh uh, now they're in 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 yeah. Let's just say Tree Living uh, left the hot mess in in Calgary to, on the way to and create another for the, for one. The new one. Yeah, Matthews <laughs> is gonna want to trade. Or just you know, anyways. Anyways, the Tree Living is probably taking Spanish classes as we speak. So. <laughs> Donde uh, Esteba? <laughs> um, all right, you guys have any takes for for Toronto? Um, um, Honestly, it's hard to tell for Toronto because ooh. I would I would love to say that and. Believe when believe me when I say that I don't like the Toronto Maple Leaf either. But I think it was pretty sad to see them go after the after the first round and after all their work that they, they put together. Yeah. I mean, they had some good key players. They have Matthews. They have Marner. They have uh, Nylander. They ha- they have a lot of good key players. So honestly, I don't even think at this point that the players are the problems. I think the problem comes from the from the management, but at the same time, they just they changed it. So I I have no idea what's going on with Toronto. Why it's going so bad with them? Oh, they kept their. I'm coach. starting to believe. I I'm starting to believe it's act, it's an actual curse. When we joke about it, I think it's an actual curse at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's a Toronto uh, fan that I have in mind. I'd like to at some point have on the on the show, and maybe we can get his opinion on it. But uh, we'll see about that. Um, not to make uh, Vancouver like this is the third episode in a row we're talking about Vancouver. I think we're gonna finish off with the Canadian teams here, and I'll let you, I'll let you guys um, tackle at least one team if you want in the rest of the league because we don't have half time to go through the thirty here. I want to quickly add my take on Toronto. Um, yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. No, no worries. Well, you better be sorry. Um, no, yeah. I. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say uh, John Tavares is traded. Uh, makes sense, but uh, yeah, maybe Tree Living is not smart enough for that, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want to go to Vancouver? Let's do Vancouver and Winnipeg and and wrap up this. Uh, unless oh, you guys perfect. have other hot takes. Vancouver. Um, uh, it's a tough one. You guys go ahead. I mean, maybe Demko uh, being traded, but that's about it. Mm, I I say they stay healthy. This is obviously if they stay healthy, they stay healthy. Well, I don't I, I I don't like their defense. 
as much as I mean, I love they signed Carson Susie, they signed Ooh. Ian Cole, um, but it's not enough. I just think if they stay healthy, I think they have a chance at the wild card. I'll say that. Okay, I might agree with you honestly because. Uh... Yeah, no, uh, I absolutely agree with you. Okay. Very, very well. Um, all my only counter argument to both of you is the other center that they have, other than JT, other than Pedersen, is JT Miller and Teddy Bluger. That's <laughs> the only argument I'm going to have for, uh, <laughs> for Vancouver. Okay? So good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last one uh, Winnipeg. You know what, March? Uh, we really need to get your friend, uh, oh, yeah. fan, uh, oh, yeah. on here. <laughs> Winnipeg, I think we need to dedicate a six-hour episode just for the, I'm... <laughs> um, just for that team. I think uh, my buddy's definitely turned up the volume on his stereo at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, what about what about uh, Winnipeg? Um, in my in my mind, I think I mean, it's kind of a trade prediction, but I think it's. I'm not going to go there. Actually, I'm going to say the GM is gone. I was going to say that too. I'm going to say Shovel Dayoff is fired. Whether, yep. well, I mean, I think he should have been fired a while ago. Um, Shovel Dayoff fired, and I think uh, Kyle Connor and or uh, what was the other guy? Ehlers. Hellebuck? No, Ehlers. Okay. Uh, Hellebuck is a possibility too. One of those three yeah. is going to get traded. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to to. And and the thing is this, and and I don't want to take up too much time with this, but uh, yeah. Canadian teams they don't rebuild; they accelerate, do an accelerated rebuild. So you'll never That's see a good point. A, they'll never you'll never see a Canadian team do what Arizona is doing, whether it's you know what they're doing is because of on purpose or because they are horrible or whatever. It's just you'll never see what Chicago is doing, where they're so horrible that they get number one and all this stuff. In 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 Canada. You need an accelerated rebuild because if you don't have the fans coming into the building, like like the, the first thing this league probably wants to do is get rid of the Canadian teams at some point. So if you don't have any fans coming because you're at the bottom of the league without putting on entertainment. So in Winnipeg's perspective, they got Gabriel Velarde for Pierre-Luc Dubois. They probably sell off some of these guys that don't work. I think if, I think if anyone, maybe they should get rid of Shifley. I feel like him and Blake Wheeler were probably part of the problem, but I think their problem is all in the locker room. I don't think it has anything to do with the talent. So, I don't know. We'll see about that. Any, yeah. Patricia, any, any thoughts or you agree with the... No, with I, agree, but, I agree, but what I would like to say about this is, uh, of course, that you can have all the talent in the world if you're in a toxic locker room. For sure, that's going to show off on the ice and... It won't. It won't give any good results. So, yeah, I think that could also happen with the with the Jets. Fair enough. Um, unless you guys are passionate about any other team, you want to provide a hot take. Um, I'm gonna go with only one. Well, I was thinking of two, but I'm just gonna do one just for the sake of time here. Um, and by the way, Patricia, we appreciate so much having you on up until now. Well, um, thanks if to you. you. If it gets to <laughs> Yeah, if it gets too late or anything, please feel free to let us know. Um, otherwise, I would say for Boston, 
Um, I've met Lucic before. I'm a, I'm a fan of the guy. He's my kind of player. Oh, me too, uh, honestly. And it's I funny that Lucic. you're talking about it because it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing that I keep to myself. <laughs> But I do appreciate. It's uh, like the, this closet uh, thing when you're when you're behind enemy lines with the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually I actually have a picture with Lucic wearing my Habs hat. Honestly, um, I would it, love it, to meet him, and I would love to, and as and I'm even going to go farther. But I I actually love Brad Marchand. <laughs> Brad like Marchand. I mean, he's got a legacy. I, I did I did I did not enjoy seeing him crying at the last possibly the last game for Bergeron. Um, for those that don't know me, I, I my 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 ringtone on my phone is the Boston uh, Gold what, Buzz what, uh, Gold Buzzer. What kind of podcast so. did I join here? Like, are we the Bruins uh, <laughs> fan base here? Or Look, uh, it's on? a takeover. It's a hostile takeover. <laughs> Holy mackerel! I mean, people are saying there's too much Hab stuff now. It's the Bruins uh, fan base. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> I'm gonna say Boston, the rebirth of of Milan Lucic, an exciting season, the comeback of Bergeron, one last hurrah. Amazing team, love it all the way in. But I mean because... by that, honestly, oh no, uh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had to say for Boston. Oh, oh, what I wanted to say is, as an example, uh, for Marchand and Lucic, I mean, I like them, but it's the kind of player that I would have loved to have with them on, with the Habs. But I love to hate them, and I mean, mm, if yeah. they if they weren't there, I'd be very bored. <laughs> And yeah. that's what I mean when I say that I like them because when we play against Boston, they're super annoying. I'm super, yeah. I'm, I get super frustrated over them. But at the same time, I'm just like, wow, I wish we had them with the, with the Habs or a player like that with the Habs. And that's what I mean when I say that I like them. So I'm not totally a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and plus they have a player that I really like in Morgan Geeky as well. Uh, I'm telling you right now. I mean, yeah, I'm not too happy about them losing Bertuzzi, but... I am. I like this team. One last hurrah. I'm gonna enjoy it. Half the team is gonna retire by the end of the season. I don't care, but at least we're gonna enjoy it. March. Um. Box. Okay. Enough of Boston. Uh, I will say with. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, Detroit Red Wings. Um, okay. Nothing to do with the team necessarily. Maybe not a, a, a hot take for this season, but I think the Iser plan is going to be exposed in the near future. Exposed. Exposed wow. uh, for the, the fraudulent uh, plan <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I think, oh, well, you remember when I said like two teams and I decided to go with just Boston? Yeah. My other hot take was Tampa. I think it's going to start to stink over there. I think it's going to, as much as I love Sergeyev, um, nah. I think it's going to start to stink there. Mm. I think it's, uh, this is the beginning of, of the decline over there, I think. Yeah, that's uh, fair. So that's fair. Any other secret teams that you like, Patricia? Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I'm pretty secretive about uh, Boston. But as I said, it's uh, it's such a I I mean I love to hate them, and it's also yeah. I have to admit that it's a team that I will always have a lot of respect for because they're a classy organization despite everything. They can yeah. be a rival. It's a very classy organization. Great They have city. good players. Yeah, great hockey setting. And I think that I, I don't even remember since I've been watching hockey them having a super bad season and a super bad team. And we're just thinking, oh, my God, they just need to destroy everything and rebuild. That yeah. never happened, in my opinion, with the Boston Bruins. And honestly, I must say that I have a lot of respect for that. 
Yeah, like I have, I love a lot about. Sorry, but I just want to say, like, I love a lot about Boston. I can talk about it all day long. Their arena, their fan base, their their ambiance in, the, in the, their arena, their history. Um, Bobby mm-hmm. Orr, yeah, Ray, uh, Raymond Bourque, uh, the whole Swayman and Allmark friendship. Like, it's endless, endless, endless. It's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will close it off here with that. Um, I am happy that they did get Lucic back because it is a bit nostalgic in terms of that feeling of the, the big bad Bruins. Um, you know, the, when we played, played them in the playoffs and uh, all we're missing here is Dale Weiss or PK Subban. So exactly. I, I mean that right now, like the, the Bruins have and MLM rivalry. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Lexi Yemelin, that's a different story. All right. Um, not sure what else you guys want to talk about. I mean, um, I'll I'll take the I'll take it from here I guess. Um, sure. I'm gonna uh, since we're talking about the Habs and I guess I don't know how much Habs stuff we're gonna talk about here, but uh, I will talk. We've mentioned New Hook earlier. New Hook signed four years. Um, mm-hmm. I guess this is almost a testament to uh, Kent Hughes. Um, Montreal did something very unorthodox in terms of who they hired for both their general manager position and their coaching position, uh, because you don't really see other teams doing this. Uh, and I, I, I knew, and, and this is not to say that new hooks going to be scoring 30 goals, like Danny mentioned, but I knew that it would pay off to get someone with expertise in another area. And I think a lot of teams should follow this type of, now I'm not going to say, like I say this to negative fans who are judging, uh, Hugo, which is Hughes and Gordon, uh, so soon. I'm not going to praise them so soon either. However, I will say that like the doc contract and how it paid off. I mean, this is a four-year deal for a new hook. Uh, what was it? Two point nine million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it, he expires as an RFA. A lot of people said he's expiring as a UFA. Well, no, apparently because in his first season he didn't play enough games, so he's going to expire with RFA status. So this, if he turns out, and th- by the way, so when Cole Caulfield got selected at fifteen. Newhook got selected at 16, and if we didn't get Caulfield because he went to Philly, I would have taken – Newhook was my choice. I love that guy. He's fantastic. But I just think that he didn't get the fair shot like Kirby Doc did in, in Chicago. Yeah, I that's what that... I was about to say. It's, yeah. uh, I, it reminds me a bit of the Kirby Doc situation. And, and as I said, since I've been following the Chicago Blackhawks since uh, a few years – uh when i remember when the hubs traded uh for kirby dyke i couldn't believe it i was like whoa i can't believe the the mm-hmm. hubs are yes. giving up on kirby dyke so yeah. honestly that's why new hook i don't i don't really know new hook but of what i've been reading it it reminded me a bit of the same scenario and honestly i'm pretty excited to see how we'll be doing with the hubs he yeah he's like Kirby Doc, I also loved. Like when he got selected at third, I thought it was a little high. I thought he would have went five at the time. They're, they're both from the same draft class. Uh, uh, Doc going three and, and Newhook going 16. I think Newhook is a very talented player. I think now a lot of people say, well, he played with McKinnon at some point in the career in his on his line. Well, yeah, so did oh, Doc played with Kane at some point. In his, like, yeah. He played a few times actually, and he didn't perform. But yeah. that's not the point. It's the point of now he's on a different team. I think the first thing Kent Hughes mentioned was, hey, uh, you know, it's a Kirby Doc. Hey, we're going to play offense. You're going to play hockey. You're going to you're going to get you're going to get minutes. 
And yeah. I think that's the they same thing. Make with, mistakes. Yeah, and, and that's the thing as well. And that goes into who we hired as a coach. But I don't know. Any thoughts, Danny? I was watching uh, everyone's favorite scout, uh, Craig McAggie. He was doing, uh, Grant McAggie, <laughs> sorry. He was doing an interview with, um, with Tony Marinero. He was talking about a website. I forgot the name. But anyways, it was a website that basically you can pay like $800 for the entire year. And you can watch. It's like a scout. Like it's a, it's a real professional website that you pay for. And, and you go see um recordings of everyone's uh, shifts and oh, he yeah. watched uh oh yeah and he watched uh i'll get you the name and i'll share it with you but uh he watched all the uh, shifts from new hook in, in colorado and he basically showed that even though he was playing fourth line and third line uh minutes there um he was relied on in the heaviest games in the playoffs by colorado so that tells you something um and i already can see the fans uh, listening to the podcast um already throwing tomatoes at me i'm gonna contradict myself here a little bit I'm going to say that New Hook is a hot take at 30 goals. But I also think um, that trade is not going to age well from a Colorado perspective. Um, I think New Hook can, can explode and, and he can do very well. But I also think that they really they didn't really downgrade a lot from him to Colton. Um, what was his name? Ross Colton. Yeah. Um, I think that trade was kind of bad for the Canadians. It was a great trade like in terms of what they got back but what they gave up i think that second round was an overpay um and i think colorado didn't really they got paid basically a first round pick to downgrade from Hook to, uh, so, to colton uh, ross colton uh so did and uh, i keep getting this mixed up so they traded in the first to tampa no they, uh no they had the, they had the no, first they traded the second, the second. So, so yeah, exactly, so Colorado they got from got us the first? the first and the second. Yeah, Colorado got the first. They kept it and they drafted someone with it. That's the thing. And That's where I think it bites us in the butt a bit because I love who yeah. they drafted. So that's kind of why I feel I have mixed feelings. So, but again, I'm not gonna. Uh, just a funny anecdote. It's not really any. It's not really important as 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 news here. But I was test driving a car here in Calgary, um, two days before the trade, and the guy who was uh, in the car with me from the dealership. He was a childhood friend of New Hook. He played with him every single day for uh, years and years. Oh wow! Um, so he, yeah, so he was uh, <laughs> he was following up with me like two days after. Hey, Danny, you want to buy the car? Uh, <laughs> and I told him, No, I'm not gonna buy the car. By the way, your friend got traded. You know? <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, so. you texted me that. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll see how what with the New Hook uh, thing. I mean, I have nothing against the guy. Uh, would I like to, for him to be a little bit taller? Sure, but um, yeah. I trust. I trust. I, I have a lot more hope in him than someone like Dvorak or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Who are we'll see. the Mark Bergevin leftovers? The U-Hauls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, U-Hauls. That's a term we use around here, just an FYI. U-Haul meaning uh, they should be going in a new haul out of here. Um, exactly. Anyways. Uh, Patricia what? didn't really say much about New Hook. Do you, are you planning on... Uh, did you get to see him or honestly, you didn't really know him a lot? Well, as I said, I don't really know him a lot, but as I said, uh, it reminds me of the scenario of Kirby Dak. So I'm expecting a bit of the same of the same thing for him. I think he will do great with the Habs since uh, they they will give him a chance. Uh, and honestly, I just can't wait to see him play. Okay, so maybe we should keep a little Habs focus here so we don't jump all over the place. Um, <laughs> there's a few Habs things actually. Everything's connected to the Habs, it seems. Um, 
I'll mention two things here and then we can move on to something a little different. First thing is Joel Edmondson trade. I don't know if we talked about that on the last podcast. We didn't. Okay, so do you have any opinions on the Joel Edmondson trade, Patricia? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it because uh, that's gonna be a, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a brutally honest opinion. But I, I, I've never really been a fan of Joel Edmondson. I like this girl a lot. I like her a lot. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, it's okay. It's just that I feel like I had the feeling that he would be traded, and I think that he. Honestly, I think we had a pretty good return for him, and I'm pretty happy with what we what we had uh, for him. But as I said, I I just had the feeling that he would be trade. And is it because I couldn't picture him in the in the um, in the team? I don't know. But I just I just feel like the Habs are going uh, to trust more the the young players, and mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, it was making some space for him. March, I'm gonna answer you in a different way. Um, we got, well, yeah, to your point, we we actually did get back exactly what we paid for it. We paid a third round pick to Carolina to pick him up, and we we got back exactly that. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah, don't let the door hit you in the way out. So, uh, <laughs> I, for me, uh, I really yeah. liked him uh, in his first season, and I really liked him. Was it last the last finals? Like, uh, he, like eh, I could care less. But he, he played some really good hockey at some points. I mean, we relied on him heavily, I think, when Petrie left. Or no, something. I forgot what it was. Maybe Petrie was injured or something like that. But we relied on him heavily. Mm-hmm. A lot of people loved him. But last season was not it. And, you know, and, and the cap doesn't go up. And Montreal's in a tough spot. Every team's in a tough spot. The cap's not going up. So what do you expect? I mean, us to get like, hey, like here's uh, the salary cap for a guy who's like minus 100. Uh, give us a first? No, they're gonna say. Well, I, when I saw a third, I was happy. I was like, a thirds. Of course, a thirds uh, pretty good. I mean, considering yeah. we didn't have a second this year, I said, you know what? Like, let's stack up on some picks, get rid of these guys. Like, if it was a fifth, and a, like, I'd be like, hey, like, you know, could have got more, but a third's fine. Forget yeah. it. I would have been really happy with a second. But I wasn't expecting a first since the beginning of the season. I heard a first, but like, but that wasn't. That was probably just a figment of someone's imagination. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess I, I can just ask one last question before we move on from Joel Edmondson. Who gets the A that he wore? Patrick Kane. Who do you? <laughs> Patrick Kane. <laughs> yeah, he's coming to Montreal. I would throw myself off the bridge. when he's been with the with the rangers i thought the rangers fans were so harsh on him and i was about to lose my fucking mind (laughs) so i couldn't even imagine how they have oh yeah and i couldn't handle it he's slow he's he's like yeah they they cook him but he wouldn't care he wouldn't care i think he's dealt with oh yeah um of course (laughs) who wears the a um matheson well, Suzuki has a C. Who's who else has a Gallagher? Have still the name? It's, it's uh, Gallagher and uh, Gallagher, uh, Savard, uh, Edmondson, oh. and uh, yeah. Wow. So I think uh, yeah, I think uh, Caulfield or nothing. Anyone anyone else is a disappointment for me. I disagree with Caulfield. I have to agree with myself here. I I I, I never take the strategy in franchise mode. You never have two captains <laughs> on the same line. Uh, I always give. Uh, <laughs> The, the worst player, you give him the A, so he makes uh, 30 goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Or the trade value goes yeah. up. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, maybe. Uh, that did cross my mind when you asked me the question, but I do think Matheson is a good choice. I mean, he's he's very – what's the word? I mean, he came out and said basically, hey, like I was playing like crap. Like he's very kind of self-aware. Um, he He's he's hard on himself and he was very good. Um, and I think, you know, I think we need someone on that defense other than Savard to kind of teach and coach the young kids. And I yeah. think Mathis is pretty perfect. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't mind Caulfield. I mean, that wouldn't be horrible. I think he's solidified himself not only in the, the team but in the markets and the city. Everyone loves him, and that's who you kind of want as your face of your team, not someone you hate. And and Montreal fans hate people, believe me. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, I was going to – think about this as getting gay? Yeah. Who do you think Patricia is getting the A? Uh, sorry? Who do you think is getting the uh, the A that Edmondson wore? Uh, honestly, I was thinking about um, Madison. Does he have one? I'm, okay. I'm a bit confused, but I think Madison would be a great choice. Okay. Sounds good. Um, All right, March. Anything else for us? Yeah, I'm going to finish off with one more well, hey, T- Caulfield, okay? His brother went to Toronto, uh, specifically <laughs> with the, Mar- the Marlies. Um, any thoughts on that, uh, Patricia? I'm absolutely hyped for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually very happy about this, and I think that would bring a lot of competition, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. That's... Do we know if it's a two-way? It's not. It's a two-way, right, for this guy? Hey, okay, do you know what a two-way means? Mm. I'm gonna quiz everyone here, because I just recently learned. I just learned what a two-way and a one-way meant. Seriously? Yeah. No, it's a two-way. Basically, you have two salaries. Uh, when you play in the AHL, like you make the AHL salary like 60k or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you sign a one-way contract, even if you play in the AHL, uh, first you have to go on through waivers, and then when you go through waivers and you pass, then you get paid NHL money to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what two-way and one-way mean. So yeah, Caulfield. I mean, again, I don't really believe in tree living. I think he's, he's putting on a clown show over there with Reeves and, and Simmons and, and and all of that. So, <laughs> best of luck to uh, Caulfield's brother. But uh, we'll see how that <laughs> turns out. Yeah, it's not a huge topic. I mean, yeah, we, whatever. I mean, I, I don't know how good he is, but hey, there we go. He's getting some cash. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I I wasn't. Even, I know that some Habs fans were uh, pretty upset about this because he was going with the Maple Leaf. But personally, yes. I was I was just happy for the guy. Like, yeah. hey, you have a chance to maybe go to the NHL, whatever the team, just take that chance, <laughs> and that will just bring some good competition. So, yeah, exactly. Did you guys know that Brooke, uh, Brooke Caulfield was uh, older than his brother in Montreal? Yeah, yeah, I so knew I, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was the younger one that's now making the NHL. No, nope. it's actually not. So it just solidifies my point about reliving putting on a clown show. Okay, <laughs> so it's not even a prospect. Like he's just a guy who's no, no, exactly. Hey, uh, yeah, they saw Ca- he saw Caulfield and he's like, wow, he's still available. And then he realized too late that uh... <laughs> we're trying to get uh, Brooke Caulfield on, on the podcast and see what his opinion is. Yeah, Brock. Um, yeah. Anything? Uh, so what else is next, Danny? Um, I wanted to 
talk about a player that, uh, and again, this this is really sounding like a Habs kind of thing, but it's not. It's just uh, this is outside the league. Actually, this player is the opposite of being on one team. Uh, I want to talk about Galix Kalchenyak. Um, you guys mentioned, you know, Patricia, you started in 2008. That's kind of yeah. where uh, a few years later, uh, Galchenyuk, like four years later, what, uh, was drafted. I think you were in the hype of your hockey fandom. And and I, I was certainly a big fan of Galchenyuk. Um, uh, yeah, we, we usually hear, we hear a lot of, uh, about bad stories that uh, everyone is like tweeting that, uh, oh, it's a sad story. And, but in this case, I actually was pretty sad about it. Me too. Um, and I'll tell people... Uh, why I think it's a pretty sad story. Um, I I personally have heard, you know, unconfirmed reports of, of Galchenyuk uh, when I was living in Montreal of him uh, being fully healthy and, and the previous organization forcing him to take time off and getting useless surgeries and, um, and staying out of the lineup uh, for these specific reasons. Uh, I hated seeing him in the Amazon um documentary that they did about the about the uh, the maple leafs as well um he seemed like he was a, a reject in the locker room nobody was talking to him he was um you know he was well in his uh, 30s and and well he was early late thir- late 20s sorry and when you listen to him talking he was very nervous he can couldn't complete his phrases he um i just feel really really bad for him uh, really 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 bad He's not um, a bad person, honestly. Um, of course, I, I never knew him personally, but uh, trust me when I say when I say that I I loved Galchenyuk more than I more than I probably love Nick Suzuki right now. So that mm-hmm. I mean, he was my absolute favorite, and honestly, it just it just really breaks my heart to see that kind of thing because I I don't think he yeah. was uh, he was a bad person. He's a good person who made some bad choices. Will, uh, yeah. But unfortunately, I think that now it's too late. I think he should have gone to uh, to rehab pretty sooner than that. And I think now he just really he did he really did screwed up. He said some things that are uh, that are unforgivable, and he did some things that can't be repaired. And I think he just big time messed up. But that's pretty sad to see because he's not uh, he's not a bad person, as I said. He's a and he seemed to be a pretty pretty good person overall and all and i met him i think three times and he was so kind he was like one of the kindest player that i met so i couldn't believe what when uh, when the story came out i just couldn't believe what what they said it was uh, no it's a pretty sad story actually yeah um you know march I- I'll try to be sensitive here when I say this. One of the reasons why I mainly don't like Gallagher is these two were really, really good friends together growing up. They got confirmed that they made the league uh, the same day, uh, at the same time, in the same room. Um, they were best friends. They were on the same line at some point. Uh, they called it the kids' line. Um, I think they, they called it the egg line, by the way. Do you remember that, Patricia? The egg line uh, with yeah. Eller and, and Gallagher and, and Galchenyuk. Yeah, it was my three um, favorites together. I'll never forget. <laughs> so this is why I kind of disliked uh, Gallagher. I had no problem with him before. Yeah. But as soon as they, you know, I think he he went, he kind of forgot about his friend. And his friend really, really, I mean, obviously, it's it's not Gallagher's fault that he no, embarked exactly. on all these wrong things. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I do a, you know, I say that in French, like Julien Vero and uh, yeah. uh, Gallagher. Just uh, because he he forgot about his friend and his friend yeah. really lost his way. 
So. And honestly, I remember that at this time, uh, as I said, Gallagher, uh, Galchenyuk was uh, my absolute favorite, but Gallagher was also in my favorite. And I remember that when I was hearing all those things, I was just thinking, but what happened? I mean, Gallagher is actually a pretty good guy and he's down to hurt and you know that he got a head on his shoulder he can think and stuff he's very he's been very mature and i was wondering the same thing i was wondering but where where's gallagher why why they don't talk anymore and i think that exactly i think that if if uh Galchenyuk has been better surrounded i think none of this would have happened he wouldn't take those bad decisions and yeah i think it could have been handled better so this, there you have it, March. This is kind of why I, I hate Gallagher, now that you know the, the story. But um, yeah, it's just very, very sad. Uh, March, any thoughts on this? Um, so I'm not totally oblivious to the story. I mean, I was a, I became a fan in 2013, um, and my favorite player, the, the the player that got me into watching was Carey Price. But my favorite player was Gal Galchenyuk. I mean, my first jersey uh, ever was in 2015-16, the um, Winter Classic, and um, I was I, I remember looking for money to put a name on the back and the name was going to be Galchenyuk. I mean, he was my favorite player. Um, I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him influential. Um, yep. Easily influenced. Yep. He's he's very easily influenced. And um, I will say I will put a name out there. Uh, Brandon Prust. And I'll probably I'll mm -hmm. probably mention his father as well. Um, yep. And these two people influenced them. And I think that's why we're here now. I think Gallagher was a victim of that as well. So that's why I'm not, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I'm not going to agree with you either. I mean, that's your opinion. But at the same time, um, from what I, because there was something that I was really uh, looking into and because and, he was, he had things about alcohol and drug use and stuff like that. And, and Gallagher was a part of this friend group with him and, and Brandon Pross was very influential. And I think just in, in a way, yeah, you can say that he abandoned him in a sense, but at the same time, I feel like uh, Gallagher was just less influenced and, and easy and, and, and got out. And I've, and who knows, like who knows what goes on behind closed doors um, yeah. and who knows if it was all pressed. I mean, I don't want to point fingers and, and call oh, exactly. everyone you know, crazy here. And it, it, it very well could be a lot of uh, Galchenyuk's fault for, for going through with all of this. But at the same time, I feel like it's just a sense of being gullible and being influenced and, and, and doing the wrong things, hanging around the wrong people. I mean, oh, yeah. we didn't necessarily have the strongest leadership group. I mean, um, and who and knows? Brian Gionta is your, is your captain. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that like, you know, if you had uh, Crosby or someone like if Galchenyuk was dropped to the Pittsburgh, who knows what the situation would have been like. So yeah. it's just a, it was a bad time for the organization, and we got the player who was, who was, you know, very influenced by the wrong people. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah I'm totally aware, like I'm totally aware of the situation because it was not like I just cared about Carey Price. This guy was my favorite player. He was like I I remember the young kid he was. He was very vibrant, smiling all the time, kissing the exactly. logo on the jersey. Uh, I, exactly. I, I loved. I was so excited for him to be with Radulov. I was and. He got he had injuries, but I it's kind of like my love hate for well not even hate but my love understanding for Drew and that I have and I I've always had. But with Galchenyuk, I was like, you know what? There's not necessarily an excuse to make, but there's a reasoning behind 
certain things. And then it just, you know, and then he got traded for Domi. And I said, you know what? Maybe he's going to thrive in Arizona. And then he's just been jumping around. But obviously, I. but the best thing he could have done, and I don't know if anyone wants to say anything else after this, but the best thing he could have done was did what he did today, which was put out a statement and, um, you know, not, not sugarcoat anything. He blamed himself and he blamed um, what he abuses, which is alcohol. And he's going into the player assistance program. And and you know what? I don't know how many players have done this in the past. I mean, Kerry Price, I don't know if I'd call him the, the the front runner for players, you know, being open about this stuff. But I think it's very smart to just say, hey, look, like I was totally expecting him to go, go like just go MIA. Like I, you're yeah. not going to hear about Gauchenik anymore. He could have. He could have for sure. Yeah, I totally expected it. But he's, I think because he, he wants to, continue like he's if that's not him what happened is not him so he wants to get help yep. and and he needs I to agree. he needs to change uh, like alcohol is like alcohol is very bad so um and it's something that uh you know it's it's it's, it's not necessarily rare either i mean every player has some issue regarding some of this stuff i mean it's not easy being a hockey player as much as the fame and the the fortune i mean geez like to to get through and and like in referencing his father, I mean, his father was very tough on him from what I heard uh, growing up. Um, so, you know, he signs a contract and I don't know if he's celebrating. I don't know if what he did, but he did something stupid. And, you know, you can't really blame him for that. But as long as he didn't really hurt anybody. And that's he lost matters. control. Yeah. He lost control uh, of himself. Yeah. Um, to be continued, I, March, I want to bring back this topic at some point because I actually want to talk about a little bit about the families um, and also the upbringing of players and their financial situation as well. Yeah. Um, so I want to bring this back at some point and maybe Patricia, if you're uh, gracious enough, you can maybe you can come back again and then we can talk about this again with, uh, about, with you. So um, next thing I want to talk about is, you know, like this whole Gatchenyak thing has got me thinking about the fact that... Uh, so again, I've been following hockey since '98. Uh, um, doesn't really it kind of ages me a little bit here compared to you guys, but uh, I've been following hockey for a long time. And when it comes to the, the specific Habs roster, uh, I've been through the Koivu era. I've been through the the whole Camilleri and Gianta and Gomez era. I've been through the, the Pacioretty and Subban and Price, and now I'm going through this uh, core that's the new core that's uh, being built by Gorton and, and Hughes. Um, I, in all my years, when it comes to the Habs specifically, I've never seen such presence of families before. Yeah, no, um, I agree, and I feel like it's it's uh, it's changing right now, because even if uh, when I I mean when I started watching hockey, it was the Koivu era with Kovalev, and I feel like the yeah. I feel like the locker room wasn't as united as it is. I know that there was a click issue. I know that there was a few crew, and it of wasn't course. it wasn't as much uh, resembling as it is right now. And I feel like right now uh, no one have an issue with anyone or maybe they have no. but they're hiding it pretty well if it's the case but no, i don't I think feel, so too but i feel like you you know when someone is scoring a goal you see that everyone is happy for for anyone and absolutely and it just feels like a big positive family and again like when it comes to family like uh, to your point about that whole coif where you had the Kostin brothers and you had 
the Theodore and the Ribeiro and Higgins and all of these guys, uh, Lapierre and Andres and, yeah. and all these players, um, each one of them, when did you ever, ever hear about their families or their moms and dads and nothing like that? You, oh, you that's can... true. Yeah. No, I and, and you and and then you had the the wheelchair club with the with Gomez and and Gianta and, <laughs> and and Hall Gill and all these guys that came in later. Obviously, no, no parents. <laughs> yeah. What an era! No, no parents there. The only parents maybe you could hear about a little bit is a little bit like maybe PK Subban's dad and his moms and his seventeen sisters and whatnot. Like you know, you heard a little bit about that, but now. Uh, Suzuki's mom is present. She's attending podcasts with him. Oh, uh, and she's amazing. Uh, I met her, and she's adorable. She's, you did? Yeah, she's as much adorable on uh, on uh, Twitter as you met him uh, in real life. She's she's okay. truly a sweetheart, and she loved meeting fans. She loved talking to fans. Amazing. My my favorite is uh, Simona Jakai. Oh, she's so uh, great. Right, March. I mean, yeah, I've talked about her for a few times, but like, no comment. Yeah, she. I mean, she she brings such a fa a motherly uh, aspect, like with the whole Suzuki family and everything. Like yeah. instead of having Angela Price and 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 Petrie and whatnot, uh, Petrie's wife and selling T-shirts and what. Like, at least now <laughs> we're like we're having this this whole parental energy around the team. Um, yeah, I'm curious to get to think see what you guys are thinking i think i think it's due to because the team is so young i mean you'll never i i don't think i'm just trying to think is there an old player in the league and obviously this could be changing and 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 who knows maybe uh when uh, uh suzuki's older and you know 33 or something he's still gonna have his mom around but what i'm saying is like like you know you don't see ovechkin's mom and 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 stuff like that so and obviously like i said it could be just because it's changing but you definitely see not only that, but the, the, the like drafting family members. Like I think, yeah, New Jersey did yeah. it. Um, surprisingly, Hughes did. Well, actually, no, Jack, Jack Kent Hughes' son, Jack Hughes, I think, went before we could pick him. Maybe we passed up on him. I don't know. But um, you you definitely see this is kind of going the 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 direction, and I think it's yeah. I I think it's a lot better. I, I just wanted to reference. If you remember the the little series Montreal had, which was twenty four CH um, in twenty fifteen sixteen, the Habs when Carey Price was injured and stuff like that, you'd watch these. I mean, imagine they had twenty four CH now. Like the reason, like I'm very upset because they had it in the wrong era. Because they had it mm -hmm. when like you'd, you'd go in the locker room, the Habs are on a ten game losing streak. Petrie's throwing his uh, <laughs> equipment across the room. The room's quiet. You have, uh, you know, Michelle Terrien yelling in your face, blowing smoke in your oh face. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I, think that, I think this guy never helped, honestly. That was so – yeah, that was move. part of the toxic – that was part of the toxic Habs thing. Move, move the back, fuck. Anyways. Um, so – And apparently, by respect. the way, I don't know if you've been reading <laughs> – I don't know if you've been reading uh, Pierre Gervais' book. But I, I read all of it in one day, right? Oh, March, yeah, you remember that when I told, yeah. I told you that? This is I read that book like non I didn't even get up, I read the, the entire thing. This is, yeah, yeah this is too. Danny's topic here. And honestly, oh, go ahead, yeah. And honestly, I don't know if you remember in this book or March if you've uh, if you've been aware of this, but he was talking about Michel Terrien at some point and he said yeah. that his whole office was smelling like cigarette. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's such I a know. mood, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that they... surprised me. 
I really recommend you search up uh, the Paul Bissonnette uh, because uh, um, Terry N was the coach in Pittsburgh and Bissonnette was a part of the team. Just search up on YouTube, Paul Bissonnette, Michel Terry And there's like four or five amazing stories that Bissonnette tells about uh, how he blows smoke in your face. He's, you know, you know, he's just yelling in the locker room. It's so funny. It's, no, it's, but imagine having that around you and then you move to like someone like, um, Maltin St. Louis. So, um, it's just a totally different, a totally different era. Like, okay, I'm going to just say this is my final thing with Montreal and I'm using it as an, uh, as a thing, but I mentioned New Jersey and there's other teams that do this and they have, uh, obviously younger coaches and stuff, but when it comes to culture, if you, if you t- talk to me about, hey, culture is important, and in 2016, 17, I would have said, screw you. What are you talking <laughs> about? Because yeah. because I, because I Bergevin culture or the old whatever, I mean, that management culture was not the culture I, I, I liked. That meant just like getting old bozos to play on the fourth line. But this culture is totally different. Like I've yep. totally bought into this culture. Like, like I almost consider it just as important and people will hate me for this because people are like, Oh, you know, uh, analytics and, and, Oh, whatever, <laughs> man, like screw off. I, I care because like, like, you know, if we had 24 CH now or, uh, and just, I didn't m- mention this, but basically a behind the scenes series for yeah. the team, yeah. uh, it like the team will go on a five game losing streak or whatever, but no one's like pissed. No, like people are still happy on the bench. People are still trying. Like when they score, they're happy. Like you don't see them afterwards, like saying, "Oh, you know, life sucks," and I, I uh, get, you know, get me out of here. Like they're, they're, they're like I've I've been on um, hockey teams like that. I've been in locker rooms like that where you know what? Like we sucked. Like we were horrible. Like <laughs> oh, we yeah. won one game in a season, and but it was just fun. Because you'd go there and you'd have fun with everyone, and you'd go out out after the game. So I don't know. Like I just feel like that's the kind of thing they're building in terms of culture. Not like, hey, let's get Steve Ott and Dwight King and all these guys. Exactly. And, you know, that's a culture. Uh, anyways, exactly. <laughs> my rant. No, I agree. This is the kind of the reason why I wanted to bring this up. Yep. Um, no, I, I, I'm loving this whole uh, this new Simona Jakai and, and Suzuki's mom, and I don't know who, and and like they go on podcasts Cole's and mom. say, oh, uh, who? Yeah, exactly. And then Cole's she she's too. talking like, oh, um, uh, Suzuki was helping either was either Cole was helping Nick or Nick was helping Cole, yeah. um, building IKEA furniture and whatnot. Like it's just it's just hilarious. Like it's I know it's their kids and they're growing up, but they're not gonna grow up to to hate the Habs. Like yeah, they're gonna exactly. grow up to have success. Mm-hmm. So yeah okay um i think we covered a lot guys um yeah we did before i i think we we can probably aim to wrap this up i i really want to get one last topic here out of the way yeah and maybe get your opinion on this patricia before we uh, we call it the night mm-hmm. um mount rushmore i'm not sure if, if you're um familiar with this topic yeah who is your because i want to i want to make this as difficult as possible for you because you've mentioned Suzuki and Galchenyuk and and uh, Patrick Kane and, and all of these players. I want to ask you for your Mount Rushmore of hockey players of all time. Honestly, of same all thing time. for you, March. You're not escaping this. <laughs> sure. Honestly, I think I have uh, I kind of have three, and it would be first Patrick Kane because I've been seeing his little, his uh, his whole career. 
I think secondly would be Alex Ovechkin. I've always liked his style. He's pretty. Uh, he's such a pretty complete player, and he's big. He Love can it. hit. He can. Uh, he's spectacular. And personally, for, for me to like uh, a player, he must be spectacular to to look at. I think. I think. Uh, I, I think the show. I think the show the player are giving is pretty important for this for the game. That's and that's funny because Patrick Kane's nickname is sh- actually Showtime. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, I would say also Carey Price because I've, he's been completely incredible. He's been insane, and it's mm-hmm. such a shame that he could never win a Stanley Cup because I think with mm-hmm. a better defense when he was playing, he would would we would have won a Stanley Cup and not a single player that I know would deserve uh, would deserve a Stanley Cup better than him mm-hmm. and another another one that I absolutely love is Marc-André Fleury he's okay. pretty amazing to, uh, yeah he's pretty amazing to to look at so yeah that would be my choice and I, I can't say Nick Suzuki yet because I think that he's all the players that I, I've been naming are players that are established in the in the in the league, and they, I mean, they've been winning a lot. I believe I'm pretty sure that Nick Suzuki will be part of it, but not yet because I've only seen him for uh, for what he's been with the Habs for three years. So I think he it's too soon, but I think he will be in my in my top pretty soon too. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, March. Uh, Robin Lehner, Patrick Maroon, uh, Alexi Allen, <laughs> Chris Kreider. Players to say, the, to the submarine uh, combo. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I, I've actually thought of it, and you're gonna. I, I and I'm gonna go really quick here. Uh, Carey Price, uh, your favorite player, Brendan Gallagher, uh, and I got two good ones: Sidney Crosby, and I got a really good one. I think you'll like this: is uh, Victor Hedman. Oh yeah, I love that. That's place. my Mount Rushmore. I think. Are you are you serious right now? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. My God. Okay. Yeah. I... Wow, what a shock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's actually uh, Chris Kreider, Alexi Emlin, and uh, Steve Ott, Dwight King, uh, Andreas Martinson, uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how about yours, Danny? Um, number one. By far, and it's not in, in that order. Jerome Ginla. I mean, Jerome Ginla. I'll say it four times, but I'm not gonna say it four times. But I'll say Jerome Ginla. I'll say um, Alex Ovechkin for the same reasons that Patricia was like hearing myself talk when she was talking about <laughs> him. I actually totally agree with that. He's, He's amazing. I've, I've I've always been an Ovechkin guy. Yeah, me too. Um, um, so uh, so Jerome Ginla, Ovechkin, Yager. The guy is a freak show. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is, is still playing at this point. I, I, he, he is so humble. I, he did recently an interview with the Spit and Chicklets. I invite everyone to go watch. Uh, very humble, very, very good guy, very smart. Um, and last one, you can't, you know, not have a goalie on there. So I'll say Patrick Roy. Mm. As well. So mm. where's That's uh, my where's uh, Wayne Gretzky? When Gretzky can, uh, you know, once once he's as good as uh, Travis Moen, then he can, uh, <laughs> you know, he's on the uh, Mount Rushmore of gambling. Um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, Mark Messier, no Mark Messier, <laughs> DraftKings. 
<laughs> yeah, Mark Messier, same reasons as well. Um, yeah, no. Leadership, yeah. Uh, Mount Rushmore of leadership. Oh, yeah. Leadership of uh, Lay's chips. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, and I was just going to say uh, on Thursday, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer uh, featuring Sean Avery. If you guys didn't know that Sean Avery was in that movie. Oh, yeah. I remember. So, yeah, yeah, he's I in remember. the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I'm going to go watch it on Thursday in theaters. So, hopefully, I don't die from the nuke. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, guys, I, I can't believe it's been already like almost two hours. It's it's been an absolute pleasure well, uh, having you on, Patricia. Thank you for um, please thank you for inviting me. Come back again. I will. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for sticking around for this long. I mean, geez, I, we had a conversation the other day saying, hey, you know, maybe you can kind of leave halfway through, maybe, and nope, just <laughs> stuck through the whole thing. So. Uh, no, thanks. It's been, I know it's, it's been too fun. <laughs> the only reason we say that is just because she's in in the east and we're in the west of Canada, so it's a different. Uh, it's getting and late. There. That's why it's called coast to coast. Exactly. We're doing like, exactly. Coast to coast. Perfect. Great we time. ended it right there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll speak for myself when I say it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you both for an incredible episode, um, and I wish you all a, a fantastic evening. And thanks for the listeners. Uh, March, any last thoughts or Patricia and last thoughts? Well, thank you for thank you for listening and thank you for having me. <laughs> and uh, my my internet's been pretty good, so there you go. Great. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you everyone. Okay. See you next time. Bye bye. All right. See ya. <laughs>